Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning and welcome to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. I'm Tamara McDaniel and we're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign. If you want to come on out and join us, you can also join us over the telephone. Give us a call at 217-356-9397. That works out to 356-WDWS, or you can even text us at 351-5357. The experts are standing by. They include Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Marianne. And John Weisgarver. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. And Mr. Steve Brown, good to see you. Good morning, Tamara. Hey. And, uh, of course, we've got Brooke Scholem here, our on-site engineer, getting me, helping me get set up and everything. Beautiful morning. But a little bit muggy, and uh, <laughs> do you see the distress on my face? <laughs> it's called pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't enjoyable sitting on the deck this it, morning. This morning, it really? Was, it was okay, but then you just sat there and you sweated. So, you, you, you need know. a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. As I was working on the yard yesterday with my husband, it was nice just to have some time together. That is nice. It, yeah. it really it was. Is nice. And have something to do rather than sitting in front of a television. <laughs> um, but then um, just being able to enjoy our yard. Yeah. Because that's what you're, I heard your commercial, Marianne, okay. where you were like giving plant advice. Okay. And, and, I, I, and I think it was your number one rule where you yeah. said... Remember to enjoy your yard. It's too easy to to. get caught up into tweaking it and planting something else. There's always room for one more plant. Absolutely. And, you know, just doing all that stuff in your garden, just sit down and enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, that's the reason we do it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's so silly because, yes, you're right. And it's silly that I need to be reminded of it. But sure enough. We all do. Whenever you say that, I'm always like, oh. Yeah, when's the last time I did that? (laughs) And and even though it's been warm and humid, there have been some very nice evenings the last few, this last week. Absolutely. And and so far, uh, mosquitoes and bugs haven't been terrible. Thank heavens. Right? So. I got to tell you, though. As long as you have a breeze. If you have a beautiful linden tree in your backyard that, you the gives beautiful shade that you can enjoy. Absolutely. A bit of a breeze. How about the fragrance when those flower? Oh, my goodness. Isn't that nice? Yes. Lots of those pollinators. Pollinators really like those trees. Yeah. yeah. Japanese beetles do, too. Yes, they do. That's <laughs> why it's nice that you enjoyed it before it's chopped up. They- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and who knows how bad they'll be this year. He what? True. I mean, every year's a different adventure. Well, they've gotten That's us right. all psyched up for cicadas. I'm, you know, let's bring Good it point. on. So Japanese beetles will be nothing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, John, you've got some little furry, fuzzy ickies. stuff on some maple leaves here. What you, what'd you bring Ew. with you? Some show ickies. and tell. Ickies. Oh, is that the genus of the disease? Yeah, it is. is. I thought it was that. <laughs> well, it's called a gall, G-A-L-L, uh, formed by insects feeding 
they get distorted. Uh, the foliage gets distorted because a lot of times they're feeding when it's growing. Yeah. Actively, so. It looks like it's like a nice large. Was it oak leaf? It's a maple. Maple, maple. leaf. It's okay. A maple. But then it, it like it's little, almost like it's growing stubble and hair. Of, of yellow and orange colors, maybe just a hair bit of green, but ickies. Uh, and yeah, so I'm trying to get across. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> How do you describe ickies? Well, I, I brought it because we actually had a customer bring a leaf in this week, very similar to that. Yeah. And I thought, well, I was on my dog walk, and I thought, oh, I'll just grab those and bring them in. There oh, you go. You had some. Okay. So, yes. so galls can happen for a couple of reasons, but. Probably more people see the result of a gall forming because of an insect feeding, insect egg laying or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they can happen because of bacterial problems, mm -hmm. too. Yep. Um, so it depends upon the, can happen on a wide variety of trees and shrubs. Yeah. So, uh, hackberries, that's the ones I was thinking about. You, you see oh, yeah, galls on hackberries too. quite often. On Those what? Are Hackberry Hackberry trees. Okay. Yeah. Which are nice trees. But and, and typically galls uh, that are the result of insect damage, again, leg, egg laying or feeding, are not life-threatening to the tree. Right. They're cosmetic. Yeah, boy. Yeah. That's another yeah. statement. Yeah. It is cosmetic. <laughs> if um, he doesn't say it. <laughs> I think the, the, the only time it might be harmful is if it's a, a really young tree where it doesn't have a lot of foliage. That's a good point. But right. uh, otherwise, okay. and suggestion, there's really no suggest a treatment nope. for it clean up yeah and on the other hand if it's a gall that's the result of a bacterial problem um, it could be life-threatening to the tree um, if it would be agrobacterium tumefaciens I was just going to ask him and I knew he'd have something to say back yeah in Latin One of those. You know. yeah <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, you know, it's yeah. just part of nature. You just deal with it. Okay. But it is. But for the most part, it's it's just cosmetic. Yeah, mostly. That isn't really going to hurt. Except for what he said. Okay. Yeah. Right. Except for the Latin part. Well, and if you, if you did have what ended up being a, a bacterial gall, uh, you know, that's where it's, that if you're removing anything, sanitation, you know, your pruners or saws uh, treated with a... 10% bleach and water solution or rubbing alcohol or something like that so you don't transmit the disease on your plant. And again, the easiest way to get a diagnosis would be, I mean, if you drop some leaves in, we can do our best to look at it, but we're only looking from the outside. But if you really want to throw a diagnosis, I suggest you contact the uh, University of Illinois Plant Clinic and make arrangements to bring a sample into them and they can not only look at it from the outside, but scope it and look at it on the inside too. Yeah. That's what I always recommend when people bring in. Uh, I had a gentleman this week with some oak oak leaves, a big branch, and he's worried about there's this, uh, the wilt that's happening. Yeah. And um, to me, it looked like it was some type of insect damage. Uh, there can also be what's called sun scorch, but I don't think we've had that much heat yet. So oh, you don't. <laughs> so, well... <laughs> Uh, so, you know, yeah, that was right. my suggestion only because I can only look at the surface. Yeah, you need to identify specifically, yeah. Yeah, so for best best results, we have that great resource to go to. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are very fortunate. The Illinois Extension Center. So I, you know, besides insects were mostly the questions I had this week, mm-hmm. almost always, mm-hmm. or bringing in a leaf with damage on it. What 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 did this? What's eating my roses? Three three customers in a row yesterday afternoon. <laughs> What's eating my roses? Really? Yeah. And and is yeah. one particular bug that's really cropping up the most, or a variety? Sawflies are are active. But they've been active in my yard. I said, I, I told you guys, I think it was late April, early May, and I thought it was too early. But you, oh no, it's not too early. But they're really <laughs> at it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I've seen a few coming off. And, and don't you think that um, since people are out watering perhaps a little bit more regularly, they're seeing some of these sayings, whereas yeah. before when they weren't feeling the need to water, they weren't may- right. maybe. I think there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Casually scouting. Yep. Like they are now. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Right. 356-9397 is our phone number. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. And let's go to the phones where Bill is calling in from Rantoul to join us. Hey, good morning, Bill. Uh, uh, good morning, folks. I've got a, uh, a pretty ignorant question about planting some grass. And uh, maybe you can put me on the right right on the right road here what i did was a utility company came in my backyard and put some new underground cables in and i can't stand to look at it and i know not to plant grass or lay sod now but if i decide to roll the dice and and do that anyway is it best to water throughout the evening or early morning or what's the best way to do that how did they leave it looking are they all finished well, they yeah, I've been working on it for a week. They basically backfilled it. I mean, they were very helpful. They backfilled it, but when they backfilled, they pushed the black dirt in first, and then they put the clay on top. So I've been working that soil, and I've got it down to where it's manageable now and workable. I was going to go get some uh, mushroom compost and put an inch or two of that in and till it in, but I'd like to get some grass started. And I don't. I hate to wait till fall, but I can if I have to. <laughs> right. I know, not I know the feeling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How large of an area are you talking about, Bill? Uh, the first 50 foot is about, they dug it with a two foot backhoe. And then I asked them, couldn't they lay the trencher down? So they said, yeah. So they laid the trencher in, and we got about another 100 foot after that of trench. And, and what's your ability to stretch a hose out and keep this watered? I can do that. I was just going to go get a, uh, I've got a couple of soaker hoses, but I was wanting to get maybe a couple of those flat sprinkler hoses. Right. And just, that makes sense. just lay them. I mean, but I don't know. I can wait till fall. My wife's not pushing it at all. It's just, I can't stand to look at it. But I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering if, uh, what's the best time? If I do, like I said, roll the dice, should I water throughout the evening? Because I can leave the water on all the time. I think in this particular case, you need to water with your schedule so you can, you know, keep it moist. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't find yourself watering twice a day. Um, um, are you going to seed or are you going to seed or are you going to sod? I think the backhoe area, I'm going to lay uh, sod and I think the rest I'm just going to put seed in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think you will be watering twice a day with the sod. Well, in this heat and sun, uh, I just experienced that just last year. And, yes, we were watering twice a day. 
it's it's probably going to be that way for a couple of weeks, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly doable. You just have to be diligent about keeping it moist. Moist, yeah. Uh, for the sod especially and, and for the seed, seed germination. Yeah. So, so would it be slightly better for you to do it at the crack of dawn and do it in the morning and then come back oh, wait, in, in the I early can, noon or one yeah, o'clock? Probably. Yeah, a- that'd probably be a little be bit better. That's, so well, that's saying, the way I do it. Uh, early in the morning, daybreak, give it a good yeah. soaking, and then in the, and then uh, let's say lunch, supper time, maybe five, six o'clock in the afternoon, do give her another good soaking. I'd probably, uh, yeah, I'd be certainly looking before then. Uh, I might might find that I need to hit it by eleven to two o'clock. Um, you're not trying to water super deep. You're just trying to water. You know, initially I'd. Well, first off, I'd want to make sure that that where they dig that backhoe is that it's settled well, mm. and that's going well. To be... I've been I've, I've been working on that. Okay, that's good. All right, yeah, because you'd hate to go to all this work and then find out that it's uh, you've got a big divot. Yeah, yeah. but but well, assuming I that think, that's taken care of, I think what I'll do is wait till fall. <laughs> okay, so what'll happen is obviously you'll have weeds. Um, in this yeah. area and so then yeah. you'll just have to kind of plan ahead for removing those weeds whether you're going to do it mechanically with your tiller whether you're going to spray an herbicide and if you do spray an herbicide what kind of herbicide uh, and and especially in the area that you're going to um, seed the area that you're going to sod uh, you'll still have to take everything into consideration but I think you'll have a little more flexibility that as soon as whatever's there is dead you should be able to go ahead and put the sod down right. uh, immediately thereafter where depending upon the herbicide you may have to wait uh, either a shorter time or a longer time depending upon what type of herbicide you use when you seed all righty all right yeah they didn't do me any favors but it is what it is so yeah that's what gardeners do they just deal with it that's right yeah but- <laughs> But I respect how you would really, really want it to look nicely, oh, especially sure. since this is kind of the beginning of summer. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a long time to yeah, have uh, grass. Yeah, I do like a nice-looking lawn. I my, I do have a nice-looking lawn. I mean, I'm not bragging or nothing. That's awesome. It does nice, and I, hey, and, and it, I take care of it, too. So. It sounds like oh, you do. Cool. Yeah, if you got to flaunt it, you yeah. know. So, yeah, yeah. If, you know, if you if you let that go and the and it gets weed, a lot of weeds in it, just be sure to mow because you don't want those weeds to go to seed. That would just be disaster. Okay, I got you. Okay, well, thank you, folks, kindly. I appreciate it, and that was kind of the answer I thought I was going to get. Okay, <laughs> up. <laughs> so the the very best time of year to sow grass seed is like the middle of September or middle of August to the middle of September. And you know, the challenge oh, with okay. the middle of August is it's usually just as hot and gnarly then as it is now, or even more so. But that's when you really get great germination and you get the lawn to establish. So because it's so hot, most people don't think about doing it starting in the middle of August. They wait till middle of September. Or later. Or later. And then you start to have some more challenges as far as, uh, you know, do I have enough time? Do I need to adjust the type of grass seed mix that I'm going to use so I have some that's germinating more quickly? So... um, I'd be thinking about my weed control options and what I want to do in July. So as I go into uh, wanting to put down grass seed either in late August or the middle of September, I've avoided the appropriate number of weeks as needed. 
And, uh, and it, you know, personally, if I had the determination to water twice a day right now, I'd just get her done and get started on it. <laughs> And uh, and then and then try and crowd out a lot of the weeds that are going to be a problem, and then yeah. and then touch it up this uh, this fall. But it really totally depends upon how much you're willing to be out there watering for the yep. next. Or you could turn day. it into a lovely little creek bed, or, or, yeah. or, or a little pond. <laughs> or not, yeah. Or yep. not, yeah. Or yeah. Scratch scratch that idea. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I've already got. I've already scratched that. So okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you Have bet. Thanks you so much, Bill, Thanks. for calling in. Good luck with that. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text three five one five three five seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens, and let's go back to the phones and talk to Diane. Who's calling in from home? Hi. Hey, good morning, Diane. Good morning. Um, I have eleven amaryllis bulbs. And I've carried them over year after year, and two of them bloomed real pretty this spring. But the other nine, uh, you know, I have thrown out their leaves. How do I treat those to get them to bloom next year or whenever? Do you, do you have those in uh, pots, or did you put them in the ground? Uh, I had them in pots, and I keep well, I them think- in my garage. You know, yeah, after that's... after they bloom. Well, not after they bloom, but when I bring them in in the fall. Oh, I gotcha. So, yeah. where are they now? Are they inside the house or the outside? No, they're outside, and I have them in in dirt. You know, in a shallow dirt in in a box, like a window box. Well, the the whole goal would be to keep that foliage alive as long as possible here okay. until we get into the fall period. So okay. you want to just provide the best growing environment that you can. And, John, Marianne, how would you describe maybe outdoors in the summer? What would be light level-wise or or anything else wise I, mean, I think in in bright shade as far as exactly. uh, not full sun all day certainly not yeah. afternoon sun sure morning sun would be terrific uh, and then uh, you'll want to start considering this this fall about eight weeks before you want the blooms to to begin uh, you're gonna want to and, and even maybe a few weeks before that a couple weeks before that you'll want to stop watering those plants so that they'll go dormant so that you can replant them again. Okay. But the, so the, whole, po- the po- whole point of having the foliage and maintaining that foliage is f- so it can feed the bulb so that okay. the next uh, flowering cycle will be nice. But, um, you know, keeping it healthy and, and fed, fed well now mm-hmm. until it's time to let them... Uh, or make them stop feeding. And this is which plant we're discussing again? Amaryllis bulb. Okay. The one, you know, those are the Christmas flowers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. But I think it's so neat to have them uh, not not at Christmas time. I think that's beautiful. So uh, outdoors now, dappled light, filtered sun, morning sun at the most, uh, bright shade, whatever you want to call it. Feeding probably every two weeks uh, yeah. with a water soluble fertilizer according to the to the directions would be great. Um, okay. And effectively you want about a six or eight week rest period 
this So do fall. I take them out of the dirt then? Well, when do you want them to flower? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. All right. So I'm just going to say January 1st, just from a math standpoint, if you want them to flower okay. about then. So figure figure that means you probably need to start the new growth and cycle about December 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. And pretend you want a six or eight week, and let's just make it eight weeks from a math standpoint, resting period. Okay, so that means they're going to be resting the month of November and the month of October. So then, okay. how do I want to put them to bed so they rest? I'm going to probably, you know, the temperatures will start to cool off a little bit here in September. Hopefully, I'm going to start to withhold watering a little bit. Would you guys go cold turkey on the water withholding, or would you just ease it down over a couple of weeks, or what would you do? Well, just because I never remember, I just would probably forget it and let it dry up. She, Marianne's pretty much a cold turkey water all the time. <laughs> that's so probably that's what I would do too. I would I would just stop. So you're going to feed all the way through August, probably. Yeah. And then just kind of let her wind down in September and just basically stop watering, let the foliage yellow and att- stay attached, but yellow and then brown out, and then cut the dead foliage off. Exactly. Foliage off. And then take it out of the dirt at that point in time. Uh, Hopefully room temperatures for a resting period. It doesn't have to be cold, but you don't want it to be really warm out in the 80s. Okay. So they stay out of the dirt in those those two months? Yeah, out of the dirt I would. I'd have it probably inside at room temperatures inside the home. Um, Okay. Could be be dark in a paper bag. or Paper bag is what I would do, yeah. uh, Something like that. And then... uh, so it's just then it's working I'll backwards on a bloom. it's it's working backwards on a calendar. So you don't go for your bloom date and then work back from there. All right, all right. Thank you so much. Good That's luck. Very helpful. Let let us know how it works. And and she'll okay. find some varieties of amaryllis will, will oh, for sure. take off faster than others. That's it's, absolutely uh, true. You know, you might pot them all up at the same day, and you'll you're going to find that this variety or that variety all of a sudden it only takes. Two weeks or three weeks to exactly. to almost come into bloom. Right. Some might take four to six weeks. It'll, That's the fun it'll part. Very little bit. Yes, I've really enjoyed them, and they're a surprise. Sometimes I'll walk in the garage and there's one blooming. So <laughs> That's, That's cool. what happened this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's fun. Great. Yeah. I love it. Okay. No well, thank you so much. Thank you, Diane. We appreciate your call. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number. Three five one five three five seven is the text line. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Well, that was fun. You don't think of amaryllis this time of year. Mm-hmm. You don't. You're right. Yeah. Well, unless you're looking at shipping confirmations. Oh, that's true. That are rolling in <laughs> oh, right that. and left, and it's like, <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, oh my goodness, there's the fall bulb shipping confirmation. So you know, typically amaryllis come in later, but the outdoor uh, bulbs, the tulips and daffs, and minor bulbs and all those guys start to roll in around Labor Day. Okay. And we recommend that you typically wait to plant them until after the 1st of October when things cool down a little bit more so you don't get all that top growth when you plant them and let those flower parts which are still developing inside the bulb when they arrive here in the States. Uh, so you keep them at room temperature and indoors uh, as they're still developing. And but then the amaryllis come in later, usually middle of October-ish. Ish. Maybe the third week of October, something mm-hmm. like that. 
And, uh, when and all the Christmas product starts clank, yeah. beginning to roll Coming in, into yeah. the stores. And we'll have a yeah. great selection of different sizes of bulbs, which will give you different levels of show, sure. if you will. And probably, what, eight to nine, ten varieties, maybe? Usually, yeah. Typically, yeah. Something like that. And, you know, it's wow. the bulbs, it's it's one of those things that bigger really is better. The, because the size of the bulbs is is a, an important part of the process of selecting them for shipment out of the country. So there's a standard that they go by. I'm sorry, I had a little frog in my throat. Go ahead. Ooh, ick, another icky. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it, so if the big the bigger bulbs really do have bigger flowers, and okay. more and more flowers and more often. flowers. Yep. yep. And then some of the bulbs, by their nature, are smaller and more petite if you will, uh, in terms of the, the flower size. and Just But they nature. might they might have even more flowers, but they could be smaller. So Sure. Look, we've got more visitors this morning. Oh, look at this. Wow. Hi. Hi, guys. Do, they, do, do the girls call you Grandpa or Pops or Papa? Pops. Pops. Or Pops. Old, old Pops. Pops. Yeah. To old man. We've got we've got our <laughs> we've got our avocado team here. You could be like, um, like Paul McCartney, call you Grand Dude. <laughs> oh. yeah, none of that, wow. please. Of that. <laughs> oh, that's great. We're waving at his granddaughters. They're so darling. And they're checking out the toy department here. You know, it's like the highlight of the visit. Jody's just done an incredible job of oh, choosing my gosh, yes. things. And 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 it's, you know, partly because of her interest in the category. And, and she's got young girls. And, and so she's very much aware of nice. what. But then also because she, of her age, too, the... These retro things uh, from the 80s or 90s, they do. They do. early 2000s. Even 70s, um, not to date myself, but yeah, there are, you have some ideas here that they, yeah, they kind of give me a little <gasps> jump in the That's heart. That's pretty like, cool. Oh my gosh, yeah. they have color forms. I remember these. <laughs> and just all sorts of things. And then, oh my gosh, you guys have a Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Lunchbox. I've got to get that. <laughs> And that's the neat thing. You're always bringing in fresh product, yeah. too. You're not buying gobs of it. No, and it's stocking fun stuff. a whole bunch. And, and we're yeah. grateful. I don't think it's really on the floor yet, but a lot of the Christmas merchandise is surprisingly oh. arriving in the toys. And there's some really cool uh, <laughs> board games, some Christmas vacation board games. And, oh, and, nice. And, yeah, there'll be some fun stuff. Oh, good. So it's all always changing. Excellent. Hey, well, speaking of being a, a granddad... Father's Day is coming up. Couldn't have gotten there without being a father. So well, yeah, what, what do you there it want is. for Father's Day? Uh, help weeding and watering. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Nature yeah. the visit. All yeah. Right. There you yeah. go. Because, yeah. So, so watering-wise. Yes. Yeah. And we had a good, we had, a, some people had a good rain this week. You know, it I was had, really spotty, right? I had seven tents at my house. Nice. It, it was, was nice. very spotty, and by my house, there's water standing. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's got a little bit of a different adventure, but um, still, if it's a newer plant, you know, planted certainly this year, last year, the year before, you definitely need to be thinking about uh, when you need to hit it next, and, and depending upon what you got this week, that could be yesterday that you need to be watering or it could be coming up real soon here hard to say for sure well i i think i missed a couple of the the good rains just before that so watering before that was just essential just 
because they just didn't hit not over every your day house. but pretty close to every day yeah and then the rain came but still within 24 36 hours it was watering again hmm. because it was dry enough the seven tenths did some good but that was not lasting that that is that's good recommendation because that is not something i would think of i would think okay well it just rained yesterday or last night i so would have to water for a week fine. right yeah. uh-huh. well, well go ahead it's crucial obviously people that container garden we have to monitor oh, that uh, yeah uh, good almost point. every day and especially hanging baskets yeah because they're up in the air and the the, the wind it gets more air circulation they dry out. and by the nature to you know a moderate modest size container yeah i mean most hanging baskets are in 10 and 12 inch pots every yep. once in a while you'll find a 14 but still uh small soil every, mass for yep, it is and a lightweight soil mass typically yes so uh, it drains well watering every day or twice a day may yeah. be necessary and yep. and watering and fertilizing go hand in hand oh. you and, really and have to containers essential. you can't just think of one without the other and no. so i remember judy always used to say you know you never want to fertilize a plant that's dry uh you know because if a plant's stressed you know by oh. adding the fertilizer you might stress it, it even more, even more yeah. so you know, the reason to fertilize would be to enhance the plant not to hurt the plant so yeah if the plant's in good growing condition and it's not it's well hydrated it's not drying out then then it can take advantage of the fertilizer exactly so uh, if I'm going to fertilize a container with a water soluble, I would often just water it really well. And hopefully it's been watered well, you know, the previous day Up or the to, day before yes. or whatever. But water it really well, let it drain away, and then I might come back and fertilize with the water soluble immediately thereafter within a few minutes or within the hour. Okay. But you so wouldn't feel practice. like, oh, it's okay because it's getting water at the same time. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it, it's such little effort, and I think you get the reward from it. So Okay. Uh, Good to know. And thanks. earlier when the Bill was asking about his lawn, you were recommending times to water it. Uh, so what would be the prime hours, would you say? Well, I, I think you have to default to you. It's more important that you get water on it so it doesn't die than it is that you water it the right time of day. So it sounds like his schedule is pretty flexible, but in in that particular case, watering in the morning because uh, it can dry off and you have a chance to have it well hydrated before you get into the stress, the heat of the day. Mm-hmm. And in his case, it sounded like he could hit it again in the afternoon. Exactly. And it wouldn't be surprising to have it needing it again by 11 o'clock or yep. noon or 1 or 2. Or Marianne just went through this, so she, you know. It's just you just got to keep at it. I mean, if it dries out, it's dry. Yeah. And and again, you're not, not necessarily watering super heavy and super deep. He just needs to get the water so it's going down an inch or two in the an soil. Inch or two, yeah. And gradually, you'll increase the duration so you have the water going down a little bit deeper, but you'll decrease the frequency. Mhm. Uh, and now I I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said it, even if you can't water in the morning, even if you can only water, like when you come home from work or whatever, you just still do it? You, you've got to, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I mean, it, if you've got to water in the evening, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather get a B plus than a... Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> than so, a dead plant. Yeah, than a dead <laughs> yeah, plant. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what's going to cause the greatest amount of damage? Well, if I don't water. So, <laughs> okay. Because, um, I mean, that's good to know, too. 
honestly, yeah, yeah. because otherwise I'm just stressing myself out thinking I've got to get up early enough to get the lawn water. If 9 o'clock at night is the only time you can water, then do it. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Okay, good. Plant experts here at Prairie Gardens. 356-9397 is our phone number, or you can text 351-5357. I just want everybody to know I probably got the best selection of perennials and trees and shrubs. Oh, of the season? Of oh, the yeah. season. You are the hydrangea. Oh, we've got them. You are the hydrangea queen. queen? I, I don't know about queen. queen, but, you know. Yeah. But... <laughs> It's it's an amazing selection that you have out there right now. And I just we just got in some hydrangea trees. I haven't been able to get a hold of them until just this week. Yeah. So I'm really tickled. And they're beautiful. Yeah, they really are very yeah. nice. And yeah. a lot of the hydrangeas are just now starting to set bud. So it's a perfect time. So they usually bloom what in midsummer. Um. Early summer, just different ones bloom at different times. So it can start in early summer. Some don't bloom until midsummer. Um, there's a few that bloom not late summer, but towards that time. But the, the thing about hydrangeas is that their flowers are so persistent. Yeah, they stay on the bush for oh, a long time. It's continual all yeah. the way to the end. Yeah, and as yeah. the flowers age, most of them, the paniculatas anyway, they age to a most of them to from a blush pink to a deep ruby pink. Mm. So. You know, there's, there's coloration. They all bloom white, but uh, the paniculatas anyway. But age that I to a lovely know, color. That they all bloom white. Yeah. Okay. But then they also blush. So perennial-wise, again, you have just about. Dynamite. And I think the perennials might be on sale. On sale? Through Monday. Why, yes, they are. They are. are. Uh, perennials. 25% off. <gasps> yeah, so it's kind of like you got the best selection of the year. Yep. And they're twenty five percent off. Yeah, it's a it's prime timing. time to plant. Perfect timing, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's all about water, water, water. But yeah, I could see some shrub roses in my future. <laughs> well, the 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 roses are on sale also. They're twenty five percent off, except for the knockouts, and the knockouts are not okay on sale. But um, the other shrub roses and and climbing roses and uh, tea roses, they're all on sale. Okay. Yeah, and nice. it's still, like like you said, as long as you can water, it's a perfect time to plant. Absolutely. It yeah. Is. yeah. It doesn't mulch. take that long. Mulch, doesn't mulch, mulch. Yeah, it helps and, a lot. And mulching helps keep yeah. the moisture in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't take that long for something that's beautiful. Yep. Yeah. For all the rewards. Yep. So kind of a rundown of what you're doing, obviously, as we kicked off the show, enjoying your garden, number yeah. one, right? Absolutely. And, and, you're, and you're watering and you're scouting and you're looking for potential problems coming up, whether you've had a problem in the past and you want to keep your eyes on it, open for it, or whatever it might be. Uh, you're feeding appropriately, whether it's a granular fertilizer incorporated in the soil or top side dressing with some compost or using a water-soluble So I, I'm glad you mentioned the compost because that's something I do. Um, I've... I've try to remember to do it more every year is top dressing with compost around the root zone of new plantings um, even some older plants if I think that they're just tired or something they just need that little bit of a punch oh, I think compost is a great gentle fertilizer and it certainly yeah. improves the soil conditions so it's a great thing to do but beyond that the the water the um, uh, osmocote the slow release fertilizers uh, there's more than just osmocote but um, 
is because I, I oftentimes am in too big a hurry or I just forget to get the fertilizer out and mix it up and, you know, that kind of thing. So if I've incorporated that into a planting site or into a container especially, I put it in containers all the time so that slow releases throughout the season. Okay. So thanks to remember that time of year. I think of you, I would, yes, I think compost, compost, compost. Yes. When in doubt, compost, compost, compost. <laughs> so on the, some of the containers that you guys, we've talked a little bit about, oh, I, John had this design, and you had your favorite petunia the, of all last year, the top performer that you uh, oh, bought again this year. And, yes. And so uh, anything that you're loving so far as far as some of the container so that you put together, any combinations which might still be something that somebody could replicate if they heard you? Make some suggestions. Oh, <laughs> Marianne is going to her phone. I'm oh no, we, we were we were trying photos. to remember the, the uh, name yeah. of a p- petunia that Midnight I really really gold. like. It's, oh, it's my. a double petunia. Wow. Well, we got some in a, cool. in a container. It's Midnight Gold. It's, they're in a, a hanging basket. Um, Try to describe that. It's a really deep purple. They're a little bit smaller, almost like the size of a cali, but they're mm-hmm. double. Uh, there's a, more than one row of uh, petals. Yeah. It's probably golf ball size. Yeah. They're oh. edged with, uh, obviously, gold. Okay. Hence, would you call that gold? Yeah, a, a creamy. Yeah. Okay. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. So, hence the name Midnight Gold. Okay. And, and for a double flowering petunia, it's not a, a problem for deadheading and having old spent uh-uh. blooms that look... Gnarly. And trash it out. Yeah. It really holds up well. I'll yeah. tell you, it was it was a great performer in my garden last year, and so was that rust colored one that I forgot the name again. But um, it's just a couple of it's them. It's called Oh Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you guys uh, had a chance to um, check out the News Gazette this morning, the at home section where Ryan Pankow uh, discussed the hidden dangers innocuous-looking plants can prove harmful or fatal to the unprepared. And they went on to talk about how really there are a lot of people who can't identify poison ivy, which I'd have to say I could be one of them, and that they're different varieties, sure. And he brought up wild parsnips and hemlock. And Mm -hmm. is there anything you you plant experts can advise us about these? I I think if you have any questions about something that you found growing somewhere, uh, even a slight hint in your mind that, oh, maybe I, that's something I shouldn't mess with until I know what it is. There's plenty of apps on your phone that you can that oh. can help you identify plants that are poisonous. So I think that's the single best way that's come about. Absolutely. Uh, that you can figure out what it is pretty darn close before you touch. But if in doubt, don't. So don't as an touch expert, it. though, yeah. you do think the the apps are pretty good oh heck yeah okay good that's nice to know there's well, it's, that's uh, easier than carrying a magazine around while you're hiking or or a three-inch <laughs> book you know three-inch yeah. thick book you know <laughs> well i mean yeah the best advice obviously if if you're out and about and you see a plant that you don't know then certainly i wouldn't touch it just say no that's right, right. I mean, you need admire to put it, it in perspective and i'm not trying to minimize the damage that it can cause and you know John's a, was a walking testimony the previous couple of years oh, as far sure. as uh, that poison the, the virtues of poison know. ivy yeah. and uh, how uncomfortable they can make you. So not minimizing that in any way, shape, or form, but I, I wouldn't let any of this keep me from going out and 
enjoy. Well, oh, heck no. Let me ask you this, heck then. No. What are some uh, some plants that we might encounter here uh, natively that we might want to look up and identify and be familiar with that we would particularly well, want to look up I think Ryan did for. a good job of pointing pointing out a ton of the ones that could be a... Right here. Yeah. And well, poison ivy you always you, you hear a lot about. That's kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, he, he wrote those for Central Illinois. So everything that he has in his article would be appropriate. Whether they're native or not native might be a different thing. They exactly. They could have been brought in. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, I think he did a good job of identifying those things that you'd want to be aware of. And I think Marianne's suggestion about the plant app is right on. Oh, there's plenty of plant apps out there, too, for poisonous uh, plants. Well, and I always I mean, thought it would just be like it would make you itch. But then he discussed something that would would uh, make you blister and burn. Well, everybody's going to react differently. I, I don't react to poison uh, ivy. Um, and some people obviously do. John does tremendously. But uh, poison oak, there's all sorts of things. But, you know, be aware um, of what they might look like if you're going to go trekking right. in the woods or something. Right. Don't wear shorts and sandals. You know, wear wear boots and and jeans and uh, maybe not long sleeves, but not not out of the question. But you know, right? Just be logical about it. Okay. Sure. And occasionally, some of these things can turn up in your garden, especially in an established neighborhood oh, if you live yeah. in town um, or in the country, where. You know, it could have been brought in by birds or sure. whatever. So, you know, just be aware if there's some type of a plant that you don't know that's growing, you know, do some research about it. Yep, absolutely. Okay, good to know. And and it's nice to know that, that you think the apps are accurate, you know, because you always have to. I, I do. I mean, I was skeptical anyway. at first, but I've seen so many people have good luck with it. It's Poison Control Center has an app, for heaven's sakes. So, really? Yeah. Uh, the... Um, for animals. Um, oh, okay. SPCA has an app for poison control. Nice. An app for everything so, these days, but yeah. truly, it sounds Heck like yeah, there, there is. is. <laughs> so, well, you know, if yeah, you're worried. I mean, Good. Because, yes, I can't help but be skeptical, I guess, a little. Yeah. So. I mean, we have people constantly ask us about the tropical house plants. Is this going to harm my cat or my dog or oh, whatever? Right. Know? So, easiest way we it's can look it up. Pretty quickly, or I tell people, you know, just check it out. If you want to use yeah. Google, yeah. Google that. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> different world. That it it used is to be. totally. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's so easy because you can just put in uh, plant toxica, toxica, toxicity, toxicity, toxicity. I got it <laughs> to cats or you know. So okay. So you know. That's great advice. Cause, and, and it's also something that you think... You don't have to know the app. You, I, sh- I should have thought of that before, but I just hadn't thunk of it. Thunk of it. So it's... Whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm also thinking... Oh, oh yeah. You know. So okay, enjoying, good. watering, fertilizing, mulching, as John said. Yes. Critical to holding down the soil temps and keeping in the moisture and yeah. keeping those weeds at bay. Especially know. new plantings. Water, water, water. Absolutely. Yeah. This year, last year's new plants. Especially last year's Even too. the year before that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, out in the vegetable garden, obviously scouting, uh, making sure you're pruning oh, some yeah. of those tomatoes up, keeping them limbed up, if you will, mulching things in real well. If your potatoes are starting to flower, if you haven't healed them in and mulched and mounded around them, making sure you're Do doing that. that because they're wanting to form potatoes. Yep, okay, we're yep. going to try to fit right one now. in real quick. I'm okay. going to interrupt you, Mike and Champagne. Hey, Mike, how can we help you? Hey, 
Yeah, I got a couple quick things about poison hemlock that you and your, uh, this is Mike Beal. Okay, we're uh, off the air in just like 30 seconds, I think, or so. I will make so it is, Do you have a uh, website maybe people can check out? Well, as you mentioned, as was mentioned, the Poison Control Center um, has a, a nice identification thing. But just one quick thing. All those plants in the carrot family, like poison hemlock, they look very similar. Poison okay, hemlock so we'll go ahead and check out that watches. website. I'm, afraid, I'm sorry, I have to cut you off, but there's, there's, the, there's the music. <laughs> but, Mike, thanks so much for calling in. We appreciate uh, all of your advice that you always give us. Steve, we've got Father's Day coming up next Sunday. Is there anything that we should keep in mind out here at Prairie Gardens? Uh, you know, they always think about this being her favorite store, but I think it could be his favorite store. Oh, too. absolutely. So, yeah. a gift card. Good idea. Good idea. Sounds good. We're open until 6 today, tomorrow 10 to 5, and uh, back at that usual 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday coming up. So, water, 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 mulch, mulch, mulch. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. There you go. This has been Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with the experts, Steve Brown, Marianne Metz, John Weisgarber. I'm Tamara McDaniel, the producer, Dave Leake, the on-site engineer, Brooke Sholem. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Please enjoy your weekend.